0: If you can hear me over the wind whistling today, huh? We, uh, we started last night, or, or last week I should say, started talking about destination to motivation. We started talking about heaven a couple of weeks ago from Re- Revelation. First in Revelation chapter 5, we saw that amazing uh, worship service at the throne, in the throne room of heaven. And then last week we talked about how the church, how the spirit and the bride, which is the church, calls out to people to come. And so last week I introduced you to the idea of who's your one. Will you pray that God will put one person on your heart to share the gospel with? Pray that God give you that, that, that put that person on, his, on your heart, that he give you the opportunity, and that he give you the wisdom to know when the opportunity has presented itself and their courage to speak when it's time. Because that's what we're about as a church. We need to be about the work of the gospel. And we're going to see that again today. This is really, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you want to turn there in your Bibles. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And, and we're going to talk about destination to motivation. Heaven is not just a destination. It is a motivation to do the work of heaven. It's to do the work that, that lasts to eternity. And today we're going to see that, uh, and, and you've seen from the, uh, the weekly verse earlier, that, that we are going to stand before the judgment throne of Christ. And he is going to reward us for what we have done. And so this, our destination, should turn to our motivation. We need to be about the work of Christ while there's time. If there's ever been in history a time when it's needed, it's now, isn't it? Our, our country is so divided and and divisive. Everything is is us against them. Everything and and Christ and Christ alone can bring unity to that. Because only in Christ are we all the same. Every one of us, all the same, in Christ. And so, and and all of us facing this future. So we're going to talk about heaven today, and we're going to talk about. Uh, our, our destination becoming our motivation but we're going to talk about it from a different angle instead of seeing heaven itself we're going to see what, what happens when a Christian dies what happens when, when a believer in Jesus Christ dies passes from this world we see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 so I'm going to read these verses we're going to start in verse 6 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 And we'll read through verse 10. So we are always confident and know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. In fact, we are confident and we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Therefore, whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to be pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So let's look at these. First, let's talk about the context. I I have to tell you, I've done a lot of Christian funerals from the context here. Because one of my favorite verses for a Christian, one of of the best descriptions in Scripture for the the death of a Christian is verse 4 here where it talks about our mortality being swallowed up by life. Mortality swallowed up by life. The life that we have in Christ, the life of the Spirit that we have, can no longer be contained in a a failing mortal body. And so we have this this beautiful description of what happens when a Christian dies. Now, that's important to understand because he is talking about Christians here. He is talking about the context of this entire section is believers in Jesus Christ. He isn't talking about the non-believer. He's talking about the believer. Because the non-believer does not have the promise of their mortality being swallowed up by life. In fact, actually, their life is swallowed up by their mortality. Our mortality is swallowed up by life, by the life we have in the Spirit. So, There's some great words of comfort in in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Because it talks about, uh, for any of us who have lost a loved one, it talks about being away from the body and at home with the Lord. These are beautiful, beautiful words. It's beautiful words of comfort to know exactly where our loved ones are, those who believed in Christ. Now, larger context, this is a second... uh, Second letter of Paul to this church at Corinth. And, and context is always important in Scripture, but it's really critical when you start talking about First and Second Corinthians because this church at Corinth had a lot of problems. It was messed up. And so we have to look at, uh, is he talking to the church at large? Is he talking to that church about stuff they need to fix? Is he talking about the Christian? In, these, in, in this immediate context, he's talking about the Christian. He's talking about what happens when a Christian passes from this world to the next. And, and, and there's such comfort here because, because only in Christ can we look at a graveyard and see it as a gateway to a better life. Only, only in Christ can we look at, a, at, at death and see it's just a gate to get us to the richer, fuller life we were intended for. That's what these verses give us. That's the the context here that we find these verses in. Death isn't an end. It isn't the end of anything. It is the beginning of a greater, fuller, richer life that we were intended to have. It's the beginning of rewards, and that's really where we find ourselves today today with this main verse, verse 10. So what's this say about God? It clearly says that Jesus is God. And, and, I, and I keep bringing that up because our society wants to say it isn't. Our society wants to talk about Jesus as a great man or a great prophet or, or something other than fully God, and he is clearly the judge here. And only God judges that's made very clear in the Old Testament. All the way through the Old Testament, God is the judge. So now we see that God is going to do it through Christ. So Christ is equal with God. Christ is God. And again, I say that because so much in our society wants to say that Jesus isn't God. He was, In fact, they uh, they even make up a category. He was better than man, but not quite God. So they put a new... Uh, like a whole new category there he is God fully God, fully man 100% God, 100% man 100% of the time and so we see that these verses tell us he is God because he is the judge and he is the only one judge fairly why? because he came here because he has done what you and I do he has felt what you and I feel. Remember, I have said it many times from this platform, God didn't send down a bunch of rules to follow. He gave us himself. He gave us himself. And when he did so, Jesus walked like we walk. He ate what we ate. He, he drank what we drink. He lived what we live. So he, only he is truly able to judge Being fully man and fully God, only he is able to judge absolutely fairly and completely fairly. So Jesus is God and Jesus is the judge and Jesus will reward our work for him. Now I know that it's kind of a a thing we say in, in Christian circles, we say I just want to get there, right? I don't care if I slide in under the gate, I just want to get there. But that's not how it works. We are told again and again and again about crowns and rewards. Jesus talked about building mansions. We are told again and again that we will be rewarded for the work we do after salvation. Now, I want to make that point very clearly because these works, this ministry that we do is a result of salvation, not a requirement of salvation. These are things that we do because we're saved. The motivation being that Christ loved me enough that I'm going to love somebody else. You know, I, uh, again, I say it again and again from this platform, but we were given mercy in order to be merciful. We were given love in order to be loving. We were given grace in order to be gracious. We were given forgiveness in order to forgive. These are all to be conveyed, not just consumed. Consumed. And so we, we have this work to do. We saw it last week with the church, the, the bride and the Spirit saying, come. We have this work to do, and we will be rewarded for that work. We will be rewarded for the ministry that we have done while we're here. And it also says that God gives us the Holy Spirit. Verse 5 talks about the Holy Spirit being a down payment, Now, it's a down payment on the blessings that we're going to receive because you know what a blessing the Holy Spirit is. When we come to Christ and we have the Holy Spirit, we know that's a blessing. We feel it. And it's a down payment not only on those blessings, but I want you to think this through because we do the work of the ministry that God gives us to do. He guides us with His Holy Spirit. He provides the power in the Holy Spirit and then He rewards us when we do it. That's a whole new kind of grace, isn't it? That that He provides the power, he, He guides us to what He wants us to do, He gives us the power to do it and then rewards us for doing it. It's a whole new kind of grace. It's a whole different side of the grace of God. So God gives us the Holy Spirit as a down payment on the blessings to come, and he gives us the Holy Spirit to guide us and provide the, everything we need to do what he wants us to do. So what's this say about us? It says we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, that we, make, we make faith such a mysterious thing that we, that, that we forget how simple faith actually is. You drove here today having faith you'd make it. If you've ever had your car break down, right, brother? If you've ever had your car break down, then you know that can happen anytime. You can get a flat tire. You can get in a traffic accident. You can, there's against all odds, you got in your car and made it here today. You had faith. You came in, I like to use the chairs as an example. You came in and sat down, having faith that that chair was going to hold you up. Now, do you know... The engineering that went into that chair? No. Do you know what its weight capacity is? No. Do you understand the tensile strength of the legs? No. You just had faith that it would hold you up. You're leaning on the faith that last week it held you up, right? And you're all sitting in exactly the same spot. <laughs> so you have, you, your faith is based upon the fact that it's held you up in the past. I'm telling you, living by faith is the same. Look backwards and see how Christ has empowered you, has brought you through to today, and live today by that same power. Living by faith and not by sight is not as mysterious as we like to make it. It is simply living the life we were meant to have by that Holy Spirit that I talked about that, that, that Paul gives us in verse 5, that empowerment that we live by faith, not by sight. It also tells us that we have rewards coming. Uh, as I already said, sometimes we make jokes about, I don't, I, I'm not looking for crowns, rewards, mansions. I'm not looking for any of those things. I just want to get there. But that's not actually how it works. We are rewarded the ministry we do here there and we will all stand before Christ and have that have those uh, that ministry that we did looked at now we're gonna look in a few minutes we're gonna look at at first Corinthians chapter 3 because he also talks about this idea there there are the stuff that we do every day in life how much of it is building his kingdom and how much of it is building our own kingdom? Because the stuff that is building our own kingdom is not going to last. The stuff that's building our own kingdom will burn up. So what we are, we are going to do is be rewarded for the stuff we did for his kingdom. Now, I will point out again, these, this whole section is towards the believer in Christ. Christ. And so it's not talking about a judgment on sin here. Our sin has been judged. And it has been fully paid for in Christ. We will not lose our salvation at this judgment. We will, not, we will not be standing in front of him talking about sin at all. We will be talking about the stuff we did building his kingdom and the stuff we did building our own kingdom. And we will be rewarded for the things that we did to build his kingdom. We will all appear before Christ, every Christian, not to be judged for sin because sin has been judged and the payment's been made. But for the rewards of doing the ministry he's given us to do. So what 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 must we do? We need to be about the work of Christ. We need to be about doing the ministry He's given us. Every single one of us has a mission from God to do. Every single one of us. Whatever that mission is, we need to be about it. We need to be doing it by the Holy Spirit's guidance and in the Holy Spirit's power, we need to be doing that ministry not as a requirement of salvation, but as a result of salvation. As a result of being saved, we have ministry to do. And we need to walk by faith and not by sight. And as I said earlier, that's not as mysterious as we make it. We sometimes make it sound. Walking by faith is simply asking God, asking Christ about the decisions we're making. It's simply about asking Christ to, to walk with us through things. God gave us himself for that reason. Whatever you're feeling today, Jesus has felt it. And he can walk with you in it if you simply ask. Whatever decision you need to make, Christ can guide that decision. That's walking by faith and not by sight. It's simply inviting Jesus into the life you're living and letting him live through you. Letting Him guide you. Letting Him direct you. Letting Him empower you for the life you were meant to have. That's all that is. So let's look at this phrase by phrase. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. All. Every one of us. Every believer. This is not for judgment on sin. This is for the ministry that we have done. The things that... that, the the kingdom building that we have done if it's his kingdom, not ours. All of us will stand before Christ. This is, uh, uh, maybe you've heard it uh, before, the bema seat. Um, that, that comes from the Greek word that's used in this sentence. It's actually, the, the Greek word is more technically bema. But, but the bema seat of Christ is literally, uh, what that word means is a, a platform with a throne on it. That's all that really is, is about. And so Christ is going to be in this judgment seat that shows him as king because kings sat there. Herod built himself a bema seat in order to watch the games and in order to give speeches and, and to judge between people. He had that seat, the bema seat. And so it's, it's not, again, as mysterious as we like to make it. It's simply a raised platform with a throne on it. And from that spot... That spot shows who's judge. That spot shows who's king. Jesus is judge. Jesus is king. That's all that really shows us. And every Christian will stand before Jesus someday. So that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body. Again, not, not about salvation, not about sin, because sin has been judged. This is about receiving rewards for the ministry we have done here on earth and 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 i will say again it's talked about constantly in scripture crowns Uh, paul talks about crowns and rewards here jesus talked about building mansions this uh this is this is how heaven's going to work we are going to be rewarded for the ministry that we've done for the things that we've done and I'll remind you again, it's done by the guidance of the Holy Spirit in the power of the Holy Spirit, and yet you get the reward. Kind of amazing. Kind of amazing. Whether good or evil, the things we have done to build up the kingdom of God will be rewarded the things that we have done building our own kingdom here, our own fiefdom, will not be. Let me read you 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11-15. through 15. It's, it's here, but let me read it to you. And our foundation is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become obvious. For the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test the quality of each one's work. If anyone's work that he has built survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will experience loss, but he himself will be saved. So this is not, a, this is not about salvation. This is not a, a chance at losing your salvation. That's not what this, seat, this, this judgment seat is about. This judgment seat is about rewarding you for the ministry you have done in the name of Jesus. That's what this is all about. So what are the comforts and challenges of these verse, of, of this passage, I should say. Comfort is knowing that we will be rewarded for the work we do, guided by the Holy Spirit and empowered by the Holy Spirit. There is, there is nothing fair about this we do it in His power, by His guidance, and He rewards us for it. There's nothing fair about that. That is the grace of God, once again. This is not about salvation. This is about the ministry that we will do after salvation. Not as a requirement of salvation, but as a result of salvation. We will be rewarded. And we know from, the, from this passage that when we pass from this life, something better awaits. We go from this life through the gate to a better, richer, fuller life where whatever ails us now will not any longer. Whatever hurts on these cold winter mornings will hurt no no more. We go on to a richer, fuller, better life after this. And the challenge here is to make our destination our motivation. This should motivate us to be about the work of Christ. It should motivate us to to understand that that all of the things that we do every day that, that are just building our kingdom here are of no value whatsoever. They will disappear. You don't get any of those with you. You take none of it with you. What you take with you are the things you've done for eternity. Will you work for eternity? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads for a moment. The first question I must ask is if you know Christ. If you know Christ personally. Because you can. You can know that your sin has already been judged, already been paid for, and that you are clean. You can know this because Christ died in your place at cross. It's as simple as a prayer. And you can pray along with me in your own words and just say, God, I, I know that I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I'm going to trust that Jesus died on that cross to pay my price, He died in my place to pay for my sin. And so when I stand before him, I want to stand before him for reward. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor, let them know. Let somebody know that you you have been, your sin has been judged and paid for today. Maybe you know Christ But as you look back over the last couple of weeks, it's really been all about building your kingdom, not his. Will you take this moment to commit to making your life about his kingdom today? Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you for the comfort that these words bring. And we thank you for the challenge that we need to be about your work, not ours. Guide us and empower us to the ministry you give us. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is Pastor Jim from Porter Mountain Fellowship. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast these are sermons from our 10:30 a.m. service on Sundays if you're in the neighborhood stop by we're on the corner of Porter Mountain Road and Commerce Drive in beautiful Lakeside Arizona